Welcome to Think Smart, Feel Smart, Live Smart. I'm V. Vincy, Registered Counselor, Relationship and Family Therapist and Founder of Headquarters Counselling Services. This podcast aims to break down the overwhelm of life and equip you with a toolbox of knowledge, tips and tricks to help you live your best life. This raw, real and unproduced podcast uses audio taken from my weekly live broadcast in the HQCS Community Facebook group. You can find a link to the community in the episode notes. It's free to join. Now let's get started. You've all tuned in for Epic Fails. I loved this. Epic Fails. So um, I'm hoping that most of you have gone back and had a bit of a look over the, uh, the topics from the last few weeks because they all sort of run into each other. So we are on self-care month if this is the first time you're joining us, but I'm hoping you've had a little bit of a look around. So last week, we looked at the eight areas of self-care. So by now, you will have or you should have a very good idea of where you may not be contributing to your self-care. So those um, eight areas I found fascinating. If you've worked with me before, I hand out homework, not so that I can check up on you and smack you if you don't do it, but it's more about taking what you've learnt from either a topic or a session and implementing it into your life so that it becomes habit, so that you start to become aware and changing habits along the way. Okay, so that's why we do it. So um, I think I said, yep, so if you're not contributing, you'll know what you're not contributing to. And that may be adding in part to why we fail at self-care. So not knowing what to change makes it really hard to change. So sometimes just knowing the areas is a really good indicator. But I say in part because it's not the only thing that leads to some of our failures in self-care. So when we look at this week um, at Epic Fails, Why It's So Hard and Tips to Success, most self-care routines are destined to fail right from the start, really. So no matter how many times you hear yourself talking to your friends about wanting to make it happen, let's look at how it can so easily go wrong with a story okay so i got a little story for you a friend of mine who shall remain nameless woke up last week to you know pretty intense pain in her ear again okay so you see a few weeks ago her ear began to play up and she ignored it it was that on and off type of thing but as the pain increased, she did the rightish thing. She bought some earplugs, she read up on some home remedies, she poured all kinds of crap down her ear canal, you know, warm olive oil, steeped in garlic, you get the picture. And as the symptoms worsened, nothing seemed to help. She did just about everything except go to the doctor. Now, why? You know, right now there's a couple of really well, I don't know if they're good reasons, but they're valid reasons because right now it's bloody tough. And two things, she didn't want to pay for it. She didn't have the cash. She's not falling into the let's Medicare rebate you. She wasn't in that picture. And our cash is a bit tight and she didn't want to catch crazy COVID. So she started asking, asking herself, is it really that bad? Because it was on and off, you know, like, is it really worth a trip to the doctor? 
There were times, however, that she could barely open her jaw. And if you touched her face or at, on the left side, it was like being stabbed with a knife. But, you know, did she really need to go to the doctor? Mm, just one more day. Let's see how she goes tonight. One more remedy. So she scattered around in her medicine box and she actually found some old antibiotic eardrops, which is an absolute no-no. However, she started to use them and for almost a full 24 hours, they seemed to work until around 1am, which is when all things go bad, and she woke up with this really sharp pain. Now, she was really pissed off, obviously. She's got up, she's poured more drops down her ear and built her bed back up because anyone who's had an ear problem or ear infection, which is obviously what she had, know that if you don't lay down, it doesn't hurt as much, okay? So she's built the pillows up, um, got a bean bag, she's basically propped herself up on there and in the morning she's woken up, she's angry, depressed, tired and now her back and neck hurt because she didn't sleep properly. By the time I've spoken to her, she was in a lot of pain, feeling sorry for herself and, you know, pretty upset by this. There's a few tears, let's say. And I easily could have said to her, let me pay for the doctor. But instead, I asked her a question and I said, if this was your dog, what would you have done? And she knew straight away that she would have taken him to the vet. And even though she would have been upset about spending the extra money, it never would have stopped her from getting that little puppy immediate treatment. Why? Because she wouldn't have wanted him to suffer. She loved him. She would have done anything she could to make sure that he had the best of everything. Can everyone see where I'm heading here? She wasn't doing that for herself. Now, why not? Was it that she was really weighing up whether the cost of the doctor's visit was worth it? Or was it that somehow, in some way, she decided that she wasn't worth it? Now, this seems like an extraordinary story, especially in the way you retell it. But, you know, this happened over a couple of weeks and we've all been there. Well, I know I haven't. Oh, I've got a sore leg. I'll, I'll deal with it later. We've all done it. How many times do we put ourselves at the bottom of the pile? Now, this doesn't just refer to women. There is a lot of market marketing targeting self-care and women. But it's not about women. We don't say women's self-care like we say women's products. It's just self-care. And just a tip, if you think this is a women's issue, I'm here to tell you differently. So what's the ending to the story? Well, she follows with something like this. Fuck, I hate having you as a friend. And then, fuck the money, I'm going to the doctor. Now, at this point, I actually did say, I will pay for the doctor. And guess what she said? Fuck off, it's not about the money. I know that now. And then she hung up on me. I was glad I was on the phone so I didn't have to hide my smirk. Anyhow, in that moment of decision, she went from having a hopeless, depressed day to having a fully empowered experience, even though she still felt like shit. I know two things about self-care. One, self-care is no accident. Two, Self-care is not only about habit, it's about love. It's about how you love yourself, how you love others. Because if I had in that story replaced, if this was your child, 
instead of if this was your dog, we would all get it and we would do anything for our children. But it's not about that. Because in fact, if it was a friend who was laying there in pain, I would have said, I would have cared enough to help her go to the doctor to do all that. But that's not what the issue is. It's about figuring it out for yourself and putting yourself at the top of that pile. So there are five elements really that contribute to both failure and success simply by being present or absent. So get ready to ask yourself these five questions. And this is the biggie. Do I deserve it? Now just think about that question. In order to have any hope for sustaining a self-care routine in the long term, you first need to get honest with yourself. Unless you believe you really deserve to feel good, your self-care routine does not stand a chance. So say it with me, taking care of myself is not a treat, a splurge or an indulgence. Self-care is a necessity, particularly if you spend much of your day caring for others. And it's a desperately undervalued but basic survival skill for successful adults. So that's, that's the first question you've got to ask yourself. Okay, do you deserve it? Your second one doesn't get much better, unfortunately. What am I willing to give up to make it happen? Okay, now, it all comes down to math, which for those of you who know me, know that I don't do math. So, what I do do is utilise the hours that I have in a day really, really well. If there are a finite number of hours in the week, and unfortunately there are, and you're already filling up all your available weekly hours with various activities, eating, sleeping, working, commuting, caring for kids, pets, watching TV, getting caught up on the latest Facebook happenings and so on, something's got to give. You can't insert a new routine into hours that are already spoken for. That means you'll need to give serious thought to your current time allocation to decide what you're willing to part with in order to make time for yourself. Okay, so something's got to, we've got to give up something somewhere to get it. Now, I'll schedule a Pilates class into my calendar just as I would a meeting so that it becomes a priority for me to attend. Giving your self-care routine a presence in your calendar like you would for any other daily or weekly obligation and resist the temptation to let other things encroach on that time is absolute key. Okay, now I'm gonna, there is going to be a little handout, of course, with this, and I'll have some of these little pointers in there. Um, so don't stress too much about writing them down. Okay, number three, what strategies have I used to successfully integrate other routines into my day. Okay, you've already mastered the skill of sticking to a variety of routines on a daily basis. You likely brush your teeth a couple of times a day, maybe even floss for extra credit, even three meals at approximately the same time each day. And if you have kids or pets or even plants, you'll, you're able to do all of this plus manage the routine needs of other living things too, right? So consider what has enabled you to make those routines successful. You identified the need 
found a time in your day when you could consistently stop other things to focus on the routine and then you just had to commit to doing it again and again. So that is partly habit. Absolutely, there's a habit comes in. When it comes to starting a self-care routine, it's easy to start out strong. Then you miss a few days due to unforeseen circumstances, you know, work, family stuff, COVID, and the whole plan seemingly flies out the window. But think about it. If you accidentally miss brushing your teeth one night, you don't just decide never to go back and brush your teeth again, or at least I hope you don't anyway. You start the routine over the very next day. Self-care routines work the same way. You'll have slip-ups, days or even weeks where you just can't make your self-care routines happen. Expect that to happen. Acknowledge it. Adjust your schedule if you need and then remind yourself it's important and recommit to it. It's a really good analogy with your teeth. And I was like, you know, it's not, I don't, just stop brushing my teeth because I don't brush my teeth one night before I go to bed. I get up and do it the next day. It becomes our habit, our routine, but it's also our commitment because the long-term effect of not brushing your teeth, well, we've all watched the Tiger King and we all know what happens with meth mouth. So make sure you brush your teeth, peeps. Number four, can't, what are you saying? I like my routines but lost them over COVID. Now I'm finding it hard to restart. Yeah, that's actually happened, so we'll go back to that. But that might be helpful in our little challenge today. All right, number four. How can I make it easier on myself? So imagine what it looks like to take good care of yourself. Close your eyes and picture where your self-care routine takes place. What do you need in order to make it happen? Self-care routines that are inconvenient or unpleasant are sure to be short-lived. So consider what you could do to take away any barriers that may exist. When I was trying to solidify my, um, my self-care practices, it always took me a while to figure out where to practice. And it became an excuse and it just all fell apart. But once I found what I really liked, it was easier to schedule it in and, and that you know, and get yourself back to it. What I know about myself is that I have a really crappy back and neck, right? So some of it from years of stupidity and some of it from age. The bottom line is it's shitty. I need to acknowledge that and own it. So I schedule in a monthly massage and they help me manage what used to be a chronic neck problem. The thing is, so I have a massage. And it's certainly no chore receiving the massage. Sometimes it's not always pleasant because it's not like one of those, you know, antsy-pantsy ones. But I've made it easier on myself by setting up a calendar reminder every month to get that bloody massage. It's half an hour a month because I can only handle 30 minutes of that. But I really love it. I schedule, enjoy, and repeat. And this is a tip too. If you have to change it, reschedule it. Don't cancel it. You don't cancel the kid's dentist because they are sick. You reschedule it because you know it's important. Okay, it's a really, really important tip. Make it important. That's how you become more scheduled and routined with it. So I lost my routine when I had a baby. She's 15 months old. I'm sorry, but I cannot shove her back, even though you might want to try sometimes. 
you've got to figure out a way around her after you get that vision out of your head. Anyway, number five. This is a cool one, actually. Am I willing to stop apologising for taking care of myself? Think about that one. Self-care route comes in many forms, but for some people it means making 15 minutes each morning to sit in a comfy chair with a hot cup of tea before the rest of the household wakes up. For some, it's getting a pedicure and reading a magazine. For others, it's taking a yoga class or going for a run or getting a massage. It doesn't matter what your routine is. What's important is that it's something that makes you feel better. So imagine you're in the midst of your self-care routine and you, you run into a friend. Would your first tendency to be to apologise or to rationalise the indulgence of taking time just for yourself? If so, I really encourage you to explore what it would feel like to completely own your decision to care for yourself and to say goodbye to apologise for feeling great. I've got my one of my best friends, God love her, I won't mention her name, she's gorgeous, and her husband is equally gorgeous. However, he says, and, and I know that you may all you may all giggle at this, but he says that I'm high maintenance. Who would have thought? But I used to, and that's because I do put my self-care stuff in, you know, I'm gonna go get my nails done. All my self-care is very much beauty stuff. My self-care is not about exercise because I love exercise. I don't have a problem doing exercise. I will go out and it will ramp up my, um, it doesn't calm my thoughts. It actually ramps them up. I love to do it. I, I, I don't mind it, certain exercise anyway. Um, but that's not what I call self-care. For me, self-care is a wind down. I, I want to be wind down. The massage will wind me down. The, the, sometimes getting my nails done, is what I've missed in COVID, is the only hour that I get where I don't have to talk to anyone. Seriously, it's bloody great. And that winds me down. Now, it's all a big joke, me having up high maintenance, you know, nails, um, massage, hair, all the stuff that we normally do, but you know, I do chuck it in there. And he calls me high maintenance all day long. And you know, like, so he'll go, even if we're talking about it now, and he go, oh, well, you know, V, she hasn't had a chance to go and do all her maintaining. Now, in back in the day, I would probably apologise for that. Go, oh, yeah, you know, like, but, you know, I, I would make excuses. Actually, I would never apologise, but I would certainly make excuses for it. Absolutely make excuses for it. Now, I make any excuses. I actually own it and go, oh, I am going for self-care tomorrow, and it's nails day. And he has a bit of a giggle, but I don't worry about it. Sometimes I feel selfish when I make it all about me. <laughs> well, remember, there are two me's, so which one is um, making it all about her? But you should never, make, never ever apologise and feel selfish for taking the time to make yourself feel important. Absolutely. Now, obviously, some of the ones I'm talking about do involve cash. And um, some of them right now have been taken away. Hello, COVID. But the simple ones, and this is what I really like about this, because those five questions, you're going to ask yourself those questions without any money involved. And if you can take the time, because I can tell you, it's sometimes harder when you've got a house full of people and or husbands or partners or kids clawing at you 
and you're tucked away in your corner with the um, you know having your cup of tea in a beautiful sunny spot where you don't want to talk to anyone. Remember last week, no scrolling, no talking, no nothing, and your kids keep coming up to you. Sometimes it's much harder to go stop, leave me alone. This is important. Uh, and I'm not talking to you for the next 15 minutes, so go deal with it. Nothing's going to happen, all right? It's actually much harder to do that than it is to sneak off in the middle of the day and go, I'm just going to go get my nails done, like it's a dirty little secret. It's not a dirty little secret. It's something that is super, super important. It's actually empowering. It's liberating, and it can inspire others you know, you owning that you need to take care of yourself absolutely inspires other people to own their self-care routines. Imagine what the world would look like if everyone took better care of themselves. I'm grateful to have established a self-care routine at this stage of my life. And I know I wouldn't have been able to swing these past 10 years of personal trials, being a business owner, a mum, without it. But it didn't happen without lots of thought and effort, and I still don't always get it right. Okay, so here's the tips on coping with the fail. Because the reality is the self-care fail is here to stay because you're never going to get it right. You can't because shit happens. That's life. Now, here's some tips for you. What have I got? How many have I got? I've got five core tips. First one, cut yourself some slack. Last week, my son had a hospital visit for a couple of nights. No one gets any sleep. You're tired for at least three days afterwards. You still have to do all the other shit you have to do. And you sleep on what feels like concrete. So my neck was fucked as a result. And I've worn comfy, elasticated pants pretty much every day this week. And do you know what? Nobody died. It's okay. I've barely gotten dressed. I'm still doing the newsreader as we speak. We all have times when it's not going to work to get dressed and put makeup on every day. When you're in one of those moments, acknowledge it. It's temporary and give yourself permission to be who you are. Judging has never made anything better. Remember, this too shall pass. So your first one and the most important one is cut yourself some slack. Number two, enlist some help. Yeah, I have a house cleaner. She comes in once a month. And what a difference it made to my life. Her monthly visit fell on a Wednesday on this week. Divine timing. I immediately felt like my life regained some order from just having my house clean. And ask yourself what's out of your zone of genius and hire it if you can. Free yourself up to do something that really matters. It's I call it buying time. If you don't have the resources to pay for the help, ask family or friends if they can step in once in a while or barter services with them. Because, you know, that's what I'm saying. It's about, I only have her once a month. I can maintain, and I have a couple of child slaves that I help get to uh, do my, some of my chores because, you know, that's community living, people. Um, so I do, I get my kids to have to participate and do some stuff and we can all manage it for a while until you go, oh my God, I just need someone to give my house a good claim. And she comes in once a bloody month. She doesn't cost me that much, to be honest. I buy, I buy the time. The other thing I did, and when I think I probably said this to a couple of you, um, 
When Coles brought in online shopping, oh my God, it was the best $10 of my life. I literally bought three hours for $10. That's how I work it. In my brain, that's how I look at it. If I pay $10, how much time am I buying? So if you remember, go back to one of the first things I said, you have got to figure out what, you've got 24 hours in your day and really eight of them should be sleeping. And then you gotta chuck work in. You gotta buy some time somewhere. So if you sat down and did a timetable and you actually put it on paper and have a look at what am I doing or what do I do during the week, you will find that there is time where you look and you go, fucking hell, I could be doing so much more. Figure out how to buy that time off somebody. Fortnightly cleaner, best thing ever, I bet. Sometimes you don't need a cleaner every week, you just need them to scrape through. And you know what, when my kids were smaller, I did have a cleaner more often. Now, the child hostages, they help out. So I just reduce the hours of the cleaner, it's great. Okay, number three, you gotta make time for you. Now, I know this one can be tricky, especially at the moment when we can't all get out like we used to. Often self-care involved going out with friends for dinner or a movie, and that's where the eight um, care domains last week really showed that maybe our social self-care was more weighted and we need to refocus it somewhere else. So, um, but if you can make time for you to talk, hang on a minute, what did I put here? Often self-care went out with going with a friends or a movie. Hello, crazy COVID, but... You can make time if you talk this through with your partner. Now, remember my earlier rant, this is not just about women. When I say talk to your partner, I mean negotiate time for one another. He needs time and so do you. When you get this right, you will feel recharged and find you still have quality time with your kids or partner. Number four, refer back to what works. I, I know how crazy this sounds, but there will have been times in your life when things did work. Rather than reflect back with, why isn't my life like that anymore? My life was better when you weren't in it. Ask yourself, why did it work back then? And before you write in the comment, I was on my own, you weren't. Single people are still busy, you know. It's a convenient excuse to say that other people take up our time. Yes, I know single people have other have other areas of free time that are different times to mums, etc. But what they do really well is enjoy themselves and treat themselves to things. Take a leaf, man. Number five. This one's the most simple out of all of them. Take a deep breath and be thankful. There is so much good about our lives. If crazy COVID has taught us anything, it can be gratefulness. And seriously, if anyone has a shot at how sleepy and boring Perth is again, we all should really get a slap. Our isolation is what has absolutely saved us in a way. Even though it's really hectic, there's good to be found in each moment if we stop and consciously look. What are the tips to success? There are lots of tips to success, but there are a few golden rules, okay? Stick to the basics and start small. Over time, you will find your own rhythm and routine. You will be able to implement more and identify more particular forms of self-care that work for you. 
but you've got to start really small. And I think this is where some of us get out of whack. We, we start with this, I'm going to be at, um, I'm going to do three days a week. This is the whole, I'm going to join the gym. I'm going to bite the bullet and join the gym and I'll pay the fees. And once I'm paying, I'm always going to show. We all know where that ends. I've paid more money to a gym than I've ever been to a gym. So you've got to start super small. It can be as simple as just committing. If you schedule and commit to going for a walk every day, you'll find that one, you enjoy it. Two, it doesn't become a chore anymore. It just becomes another habit and hopefully you enjoy it. We're going to get to that in the challenge in a minute. Number two, self-care needs to be something you actively plan rather than just what happens. All right. Now, remember, I think it was last week. Self-care planning is not an emergency response plan. It's, it's an active plan. You have it going all the time. We don't bring it in because, you know, the volcano's blown up. We, we have it because it's rumbling and we think it might blow at any stage. So we're just going to keep ourselves just in front of the, the eight ball. So it's an active choice and you must treat it like that. You've got to add certain activities to your calendar. Announce your plans to others in order to increase your commitment and actively look for opportunities to practice self-care. Just because it's not uh, an outside appointment doesn't mean that it doesn't go into your calendar. If it is 10 minutes uh, having a cup of tea, I want that put in. I want that in your calendar. 10 self-care or tea time or whatever you want to call it or whatever domain we're going to be looking at because that's part of the challenge. The third one, is my is a really cool one it's keep a conscious mind there's there's a couple of ways you can go like it's um it, intentional decisions it's basically when we off emphasize with clients to use a conscious mind it's in other words if you don't see something as self-care or you don't do something in order to take care of yourself it won't work be aware of what you do, why you do it, how it feels and what outcomes you are looking for and what you actually get. So intentional decisions are pretty much what our challenge is going to be for this week. So turn a failure into success. So I want you to pick an area from last week and apply the three tips to actively set that domain. So you may need to chunk that down uh, further. For example, if it is the physical domain that you have not been contributing to, you might have to ask yourself, what do I want this domain to look like? Now be realistic, if it's too big, remember tip number one. Where is the resistance at present? Why am I? Why is it failing? Is it scheduling? Or is it because you haven't asked for help? Have a look. So they're the questions. What can you do this week to change this? This will be the outcome. Make a conscious choice about what you will do and implement it. Start applying this to your domains that you're not contributing to. Okay. So that's pretty much it. I'm right on track. Target timing. Um, any questions? That's a key learning from tonight. What is actually self-care for me? 
rather than what we think or social media society self says self-care is that's exactly right because honestly um self-care has is, has really been marketed self-care has been marketed completely and it's really targeted at women and what i found two things really self-care should not involve lycra and in some cases lycra is very bad the other thing is that it self-care doesn't have to look like anything that's you have to pay for it is super super simple i find that mums who take their kids for a walk every day in their pram are practicing self-care they just don't realize it sometimes because what they've looked at it and this is where the conscious mind comes in because if you look at it rather than oh i've just got off the baby needs to sleep i've just got to go for a walk and you start going you know what this walk yes it can be i can do two things at once and if you consciously become aware of what you are looking at and and use some of the earlier tips about being grateful go for a walk with thankful and grateful in mind and i tell you what it's a completely different walk sandra what's that it would be nice to aim to bookend your self-care at the beginning and the end of the day i love that you are absolutely right and do you know what i love about that is that they are that actually sounds like true compassionate self-care because sometimes the problem with marketing of self-care is that it comes with a kicker of guilt if you don't do it if you don't show up and sometimes if you're booked into a lot of the um you know say the pilates or the yoga if you don't show up they penalize you and they charge you so then you get punished for it and then you feel like shit anyway that's not what self-care is if something's making you feel like crap then that's not self-care the actual event you might enjoy but if if i'm going to use what you've said there sandra and if the bookend of that event if getting to that event and leaving that event is bloody hard you bookend that beautiful a bit of self-care and the compassionate side of self-care which is simply you know what sometimes my self-care at the end of the day is getting in the shower and just letting the water run and washing off the day like that's a conscious thought i need to wash this day off and sometimes i even visualize that water just washing down the drain and it's gone that is sometimes the best two minutes of self-care that i've had during the day so i absolutely love that bookend um statement sandra that that is my takeaway from tonight you've actually taught me a really beautiful way to frame self-care i love it next week i've got something else for you uh which is going to go into this self-care now we're going to get into some of the practices of self-care okay because like i said last week I'm not going to tell you what to do with self-care. That's what Google's for. You can figure that out. And you've got to figure it out for yourself. So, but what I am going to introduce is some of the basic concepts of actually starting to practice. And next week's one, I won't tell you what it is. We'll leave it as a little surprise. Uh, but I think that's going to be cool. All right. And I've got a funny little uh, video for you for next week as well. That will pop up. All right. You guys are awesome. 
We'll put this all through for you. Um, I will see you next week. Ciao.